You are listening to Blessed and Bossed Up, presented by Anchored Media, an entrepreneurship podcast for Christians all about how to make God the CEO of your business. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, but well-equipped to live and build your destiny his way. So I want to talk about, I want to transition into leadership a little bit because we talked about the different entities that you're in charge of, but now you have a team. At what point, I don't remember if we touched on it in another interview, but at what point did you go from the solopreneur to having a team? So I've always had a team of consultants, right? And so I've always had like 12 consultants that I've worked with every year and they were like web developers and, you know, um, uh, designers and like, you know, people that I, I needed, you know, on my team, editors and all that. Um, but I didn't have a full on team like that. I, I pay like every month that's with me, like on Monday morning meetings, like literally like 34 or 40 hours a week. I didn't have that team until probably like eight months ago. Okay. Um, so now, okay. That's a lot. I had an admin that was in my office like uh, before the pandemic hit. So she was actually, that was a part of my team that she was someone. So that was about two years ago, like in like 2020, that was in 2020, like maybe June. So I had her on my team, like that was faithfully, like always coming into office every day. Um, but uh, but not until like six, seven months or eight months ago, like, la- like last September, did I have like a full on team. And then probably like three months ago, did we start in- incorporating like Monday morning meetings. And so now we have like a manager a creative director um a you know an admin and then another project manager assistant and you know we're like looking to hire right now more people but not that i oh and the it guy uh, it uh, development guy but not did i not did i or did i not have that until yeah like three or four months ago and that has changed my life okay yeah <laughs> but so then how did how was that transition going from you doing everything to you hiring people and now understanding just the new label die whatever you want to call it with the ADHD. Yeah. How? <laughs> how has that transition been? Yeah, it's still it's still a transition, girl. We are transitioning. Okay, still. Um so so I'll say what um I learned from this is that I was a micromanager. Like I really didn't believe that people could do what they said they were going to do. So I really? like uh, yeah. Oh my God. It was I bad. That. Oh my God. It was horrible. It was bad. And I had like a little bit of trust issues, you know, so God mm-hmm. delivered me from that. Like I had to really trust that that person will tell, they, they're going to do what they say they're going to do. And they're going to do it when they say they're going to do it. Because I like the thing about me is I can do things very quickly. And so when I started like seeing people, I would be like timing them. Like, why are you, why is it taking you like 25 minutes to not email? Like what's going on? You know? And it would be really bad. <laughs> like it was really bad. And then I had to have like a whole counseling session about this because um, like I realized that I've been doing this for seven years, you know, like these things like can flow off of my brain and other people, they have to gather information in order to gather email. Like it just, it, it just like common sense. But for me, I'm like, you should know this like right now and then and there. And so I had to start having more empathy, you know, as a, as a boss, as a, as a leader, I had to perspective, take more, a lot of social awareness skills that I thought I already had. But when a team came in place, like I would perspective take for my babies. I would perspective take when I was developing for kids. But when a team came in place, I'm like, Oh wow. I have a whole team that I have to now perspective take and have empathy. Even with the COVID, like people wasn't like 
showing up at me in or, you know, one come to the office sometimes. And I'd be like, I have to perspective take. I have to make sure that I'm realizing that we're still in COVID and these issues are still real. And people are still having their own like mental challenges, you know? And so those are things that I learned um, and have taught me how to be a better leader. And then also to let some things go. I couldn't do everything. And so now it feels so good to like know that other people are in direct contact with other people. And I don't have to be like either CC'd on it or I or if I'm CC, I don't have to interject. I don't have to, you know, I don't have to do those things. And I felt like, you know, before it was like I felt like I had to jump in or like correct or like, you know, and I'm like, no, like people can correct themselves, people can update it themselves. And um that's another thing that I learned through leadership was that as a leader. As long as you are displaying excellence and you're doing the best that you can, people are going to model that. Same with social emotional skills in the education space. As long as teachers are displaying these skills, as long as they're modeling them in their own lives, kids are going to receive that. Kids are going to, they're going to believe in it. They're going to want to model them too. Um, but I had to do the same thing within my business, you know, and, you know, be able to just say, Kristen, you have to model what you do every day and believe in what you do every day and trust that when you put things out there to get done, they will get done. And, it, and when it hit me, Tatum, was when I went to vacation for the first time. Um, I mean, I've been on vacation like several times. But I'm talking about the first time since I had a team. Yeah. Um, I, I went to Mexico City and it was the best experience of my life. I probably answered my phone one time for one thing. Um, but my we, we sponsored a whole SEL for U United States conference. Um, I had one of my team members go on and present. Um, I had a whole virtual booth where, they, where my career director set up the whole like graphics and video reels and all things I was playing. We had our resilient coach leads in, in the, the booth, like, like welcoming people, you know, taking down leads and getting questions. And I was literally on the beach, like chilling. And that was the first time that I was like, come on God to see the the, the, to see how God was allowing me to reap the benefits and the fruit of what I've, I've like literally been working at was like the life that I want. You know, like I want to be able to know that when I come back, my business ain't going to be burned down to the ground. We ain't going to be in the news because we done did something crazy. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like I had the trust that that my businesses would still be there and they would still be up and running and things would be well. And when I saw that in real time, I was like, this is the life that I, this is what I've worked so hard for. And it now is allowing me to say, this is what I will continue to work hard for, you know? Yeah. I, I think the, a lot of entrepreneurs, we really underestimate that transition from yeah. you being the solopreneur doing everything yourself to you really being an executive. And that's something we've talked about on the podcast for the last couple of years is like a lot of us we start these businesses. And so consequently we become these CEOs or presidents or whatever, but yeah. that is an actual job that yeah. requires actual skills yep. in order for you to be successful at it. And a lot of times we're operating as subject matter experts and CEO roles and it's not working yeah. because so you have to build out the details of your company. And that stuff doesn't look great on social media. It's not it's probably something you're not excited about because it's not right in whatever your area of expertise is. But what was really, what really helped me, because I was so frustrated when I first started bringing on the team for the same reason. I'm like, I don't understand why this is so hard. I don't, I don't get it. Or why are these mistakes being made? Like, why, why is it, I don't want to feel like the job that you hate going to, because you ain't got to come here. You know what I mean? But one thing I learned that really, really helped even, you know, making sure that I'm a lot more thorough in my hiring decisions. Uh -huh. 
And then on top of that, making sure that my business has our standard operating procedures and everything and our systems in place, because now it's not Tatum's way, it's the Anchor Media way. And as a person on the Anchor Media team, this is the flow of how this service, this role, this whatever works. You're just the person that's pressing play on it. And so it's less about me, it's less about you, and it's more about the process that has been outlined that has been proven and that maybe can change to make it more efficient. You know, one of our team goals every year is efficiency. So we're always hyper-focused on how can we be more efficient, but just having the anchored media way outlined made it so much easier. Absolutely. And it it, makes it easier to hold people accountable because this is is the way. (laughs) Easier to fire you too, because this is the way. So if you're not doing it this way, because I had to grow in that because I'm a people's person. I love Mm -hmm. people. And so I had to, honestly, I had to take myself out of the hiring process, Tatum. I had to. I'd be like, oh my God, they're so nice. I I think they're great. They're enthusiastic. I need to give them a job, but they don't got the skill set. So I, I, and I can't afford to have a bad, bad hire in this season of my life in the season of the business, you know, we're trying to grow a business. You know, I think that, what was it? Um, Google exec or like um, somebody like Apple, somebody from Apple, or whatever said, basically like, you know, in a small business, you can't afford a bad hire. Like it's, it's like the worst thing you can do. And, and I had to realize that like with me, I had to take myself out of that because I really need the people that had the skills to do what they're doing. And I'm still learning this, you know, as we go forward, but I'm also being very bold in this season of my life to be okay with, if you're not doing it the DOM way, then you have to go. And it's, and, and it's been great. It's been fun, but it, this is about like, this is real life and this is my livelihood. And this is also impacting the clients that I serve. So if it's not giving them the results that they need, because at the end of the day, when you think of dangers of mind, you think of Kristen Hopkins, regardless of what you think you're going to, you're going to think of Kristen Hopkins. And so my, my name is on the line, mm-hmm. you know, for my business. And so it, whether you, you make a mistake, it still comes back to me. You know, it still reflects on me and what we've done and put in place. And so I had to be comfortable in a role as a boss, in a role as a CEO. Because, I mean, you could call yourself a boss, but if when, until you get this them employees and people that's working underneath you, ain't no boss, baby, because you need to know that it's a whole nother level of a boss. Like, you got, I got to wake up earlier than my whole team to make sure that things are in Trello, that people are following what's going on, like, because I'm, I'm the visionary. So pe- sometimes people can't even move until I give them direction, you know? And mm-hmm. so if I don't step it up on my side and I'm up before everybody else and, and on this Monday morning meeting, I know where I'm going, where the company is going, then we're going to be screwed, you know, because everybody's going to be sitting down and looking at each other and I'm going to be paying for people to waste their time and short their thumbs, you know? And so I had to learn all of that and be on top of what I, I'm doing before anybody was on top of what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's creating the, the, the culture, right? Yeah, that's good. Yeah, girl. Having a team is something else. I was like, you'll know pressure until if somebody can go to the doctor or not because of the insurance that your company provides. Like for a second, I was like, how do people live with this kind of pressure? Like, like, and like today, it's the first of the month. Wake up. I'll be every first of the month. I'm like, okay, Lord, here we go with the paying the invoices. Where we go with the paying the uh, the timesheets, where we go reviewing them, like because I'm still paying consultants too, you know. So and yeah. they're working on retainers, like for us too. So it's like, you know, like it's a lot. Mm, them bills be a lot. Them bills are serious. <laughs> so 
woman. I've been telling people, I said, listen, I got grown woman bills. Like you trying to come over here and take care of some of these grown woman bills. Like these ain't no little bills over here. These are grown yeah. women monthly bills. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. I want to touch on self-care for a second. We touched on it a little bit with the eating and the rest, but you have a, a job where it's very, you pour out a lot, you know, especially going into these areas, these underserved communities with mm -hmm. these kids that people have not really given fair shots to who are dealing with very real problems at, as a teenager, you know, it's a lot. So for other entrepreneurs who have similar, you know, businesses that require a lot of pouring out and being put into serious situations, how do you make sure that you're being refilled because you still got to go and do the business side and all of that too? Well, yeah, number one is prayer, you know, prayer and reading the word. I guess just the top, like ain't nobody going to refill you like Jesus and the Holy Spirit. Ain't nobody going to do it. I've tried. I've looked. I've searched high and low and it ain't going to You know, God is the first one that I go to. Um, but then after that, you have to have a strong support system of people around you. Uh, it's just really important. Like for me, I'm just so grateful that I have a, a really group of amazing um, entrepreneur friends that are like on it and they're doing their thing. And I think it's important to have like conversate and to, you know, pray together once in a while and to, you know, just update each other what's going on. I know we, me and you, like we, when we connect, it's like, we never, it's like one of those things where it's like, girl, I haven't talked to you in like four, four months, but I feel like I'm, I know what's going on. You know, like mm -hmm. we always just connecting and it's important. And those are the type of people I have around me. And then, you know, also, um, uh, I think that in like a strong support family, like the family unit, uh, my parents have always supported my journey and they've always poured into me. You know, I grew up in the church. My mom is an elder. My father is an elder, you know, and they go on one thing they're going to do. If they're going to do nothing else, they're going to pray and they're going to speak God into my life, you know. And so I always find myself going down to my parents' house. They live in Sanford and, you know, which is like the country and the wilderness, the woods, you know, and I'll go down there and I just lay with them. I lay on the couch, you know, and hang out and, it's, it's to just fuel me up and give me the, what I need to keep going. Um, and then also like, I, I now know of just having a strong partner, you know, like, even though I'm not married yet, I think that my relationship is just like amazing. Like, I mean, I, I never have been in a, a, a relationship that has given me so much peace and so much joy and so much like he fills me up like and that's his like he makes that his responsibility like he believes that God brought him like brought me to him to like literally take care of me like he always says like I'm supposed to take care of you but like not even like financially and all that but it's like mentally like he really like I am here because God called me to like pour into you and he doesn't take that lightly. Um, and he's very like intentional about his words and like how he speaks to me because he knows like, I'm always on the road. I'm always going, I'm always moving so fast. And one of the things he taught me how to do when I first met this man, it was so crazy. Cause I'm from up North y'all. So like, don't like come at me crazy, you know, like, so like, cause I'm, I, my up North will come back, you know, I'm, I'm saying, but I still got a little thug in me. So I was like, so I'm like at a table, we met each other at like the, this rally uh, in North Carolina for this photo restoration that I was doing, um, you know, two years ago or, and so I, I, um, was at a, a dinner table and we we're at all at dinner and he literally took my phones. and was like, can I put your phones over here? Like, and it like, I'm talking about like away from us. And I was like, and I normally be like, what? No, like, I don't know you like that, you know? But it was like such a like, oh, sure. You know, he was like, I just want your undivided attention. 
And so he saw that my phones was like a priority to me. And like ever since that, like we are very intentional about like, like with dinner time and stuff, like we don't put take our phones out. Like we've been very intentional about being present, but that was important to me because the phone also like drains you. Like it, like whether we know it or not, like mm-hmm. that's, Stuff, all that stuff drains you and like you got to take some time to really like just process your day so he's very intentional being like how was your day and I'm like oh my day was okay or is good how, why was it okay why like his questions are very intentional and I think that's important for me because I've seen a different side of me um from this relationship which I needed like it's seen a different side of peace and of balance and of security you know feeling secure that like like that everything's going to be okay. You know, even if I'm, I'm anxious or I'm worried, like, I just know that it, it, um, it just feels good, you know, and it feels like my last relationship, I was not, I was depleted. I was, I was empty. I would come back. Like I'll be pouring out to everybody would come back and be like hanging with this person. And it would be like, I would be pouring it. I would, he would need my time. And of course I love pouring into people and I pour into my man now, but it's a different, it's the balance. It's the, mm-hmm. I'm, you you pour into me like and you keep my cup full I keep your cup full it ain't like a you know I'm just out here empty you know and so I think that's like the biggest part of what I feel like I needed and it's helped me drastically to perform better even like people that know me personally be like girl we see such a glow in your performance like you are just on top of it like your sharpness is like I'm I'm performing better because I have someone around me that I found that's performing at the same level as me or honestly even better like I ain't never met a man that resume is better than his like so I mean it's just it he I found a match and it's like he gets the impact and we don't another thing is it's important to like, I, I'm not like one of the things about me was I'm very passionate about like what I do. And to find somebody that actually is very passionate about like um, social justice and like activist work, like that's a big thing for me. And so our missions are very much so aligned that like we're at like the same rallies or the same political things or like, and like those are things that make me happy because other people will be like, oh girl, like, where are you going? Like, I ain't trying to go there. Like, you know, and for me to be with someone that I love and I like, I'm like, oh snap, like, let's go here. And we're like, oh yeah, let's go. Because we both believe in like, really like, like having impact and change in the world. And that was important for me. Like, I couldn't be a pioneer out here, just pioneering on my own. You know, I needed at least somebody on my level to understand like, that we're out here really trying to do this work and trying to change like parts of the world and trying to be solutionists. And that like, you know, so that is important to me. And so that really is something that was like a big part of my support system that has helped me really like take what I'm doing to the next level. And I felt like that's what, what I was missing this whole time, you know? That's good. And we don't talk about relationships much on this podcast, but I feel like who we decide to be with as women can make or break our destinies. Come on. It's way past all of the surface level things that social media makes it out to be. Like the wedding, of course, is a beautiful day, but that's a day. Like you gotta live every single day. You gotta go through highs and lows with this person. And I do not think I would be where I am if it was not for who I was married to, I yeah, promise you. Oh no. I, I think I would have I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I would have been successful. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have be the caliber of woman that I am 
it, if it wasn't for who I was married to, yep. who I married to was, am married to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, and I, I've met BJ, y'all. I'm telling you, like that man be on point, okay? And he's also a supporter. Like when I remember when we, I spoke at the, um, what was it, the, at Dallas? The, the tour. The tour, and he was right there, like wingman. Like, so, I mean, it was the most beautiful sight for me to see as he was just, so supportive and wherever you needed him to be he was like filling in the gaps and like it just it showed me that like this is why Tatum is where she is because he's playing the backfield but that backfield is very important and it's like you can't you can't be where you are until unless someone is holding you up to get there and to be there you know so it blessed me to witness that in person um, and I've witnessed it a couple times, you know, of course, that we've all hung out, but it just really, I know that that man is like, was assigned to your life. Okay. <laughs> for sure. My, our premarital counselor is like, man, God made that one for you. Made that one for you. Even the, you know, it's, it's the day-to-day stuff. And like ladies who are listening to this, I cannot emphasize the importance. Like you can't be with anybody. You just can't be with anybody. Like there'll be days where it will see me and be like, you haven't smiled in a few days. Yeah. And it's not because he hasn't done anything to make me smile, but he recognized there's a lot going on up here. Let me bring you down to earth. What's wrong? Yeah. Let's unpack that. Yeah. What's, let's bring you back to reality. Let's talk about this. Let's pray about it. What do we need to do? We fasting, yeah. like whatever. But it's just, I, I can't emphasize enough to y'all how poor, yeah. how important it is who you decide to be with. Like, yeah, no, seriously. And it has to be a God thing. It has to be a God thing. It has to be. Yeah. Because we know, I always say, I wouldn't have even had the language to articulate what I needed. Mm-hmm. If I would have gotten what I asked God for, I would have sold myself short. I would have sold, or if I even would have went for like my type, like I, like God literally was like, girl, that ain't what, that ain't your type. Like this relationship has shown me, like I had a whole nother type that I didn't even know nothing about, but God showed me what I needed. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't the the type, it wasn't the, the cat, like the credentials, even though I love a good man that got credentials, don't get me wrong, you know, and, and God, and God gave me that, you know, but I was like really, um, so focused on like, just the glitz and glamour of it all that, you know, God was like, no, that's not what you need. Like someone needs to know your heart. They need to be able to see you and the mission of your work that you're doing on this earth. Like this is not, this is a destiny thing, you know, like that. I can't give you someone that does not understand what you're doing. Like, I remember dating guys that like, they would be the finest of the finest of the finest, and they couldn't ha- hold no type of conversation. And I'd be just like, dumb. just fine just and dumb. dumb. Just fine and dumb. And I'm like, you just out here wasting that good old body of yours. We have <laughs> no brain. And I can't, I, I had to, I had to cut you off. Like, you know, and so I'm just like, you know, it was, it was those type of things that God was giving me revelation that you are conti- consistently going to the wrong things that this is not what I've called you for. And these are your, your, you are called to be with someone of substance and of value and of impact and of honor. You know what I'm saying? And like my man, this man don't be, he will stand on what he say he going to do and like everybody around him. know that's who he is. Like he not going to waver. He not going to shake his foundation is very sturdy and he going to tell you like it is, you know what I'm saying? But with love, but he he's taught me to be that way too. He's taught me to be like, stand on what you believe in. No, ain't nobody should, should sway you no other ways, you know? And that's, that's, it's just so important to me. So. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. We, we're going to get off of uh, 
we're gonna get off here. All right. I don't know how we got here, but I love it. I love, I love it. Too. Ain't, ain't nothing like just when powerful women are being loved correctly. Yeah. Like, ain't it's like it's the most beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. But let's switch gears and yes. talk about podcasting for a second because yes. season three of the Game of the Mind podcast is coming out very soon. I'm so excited. Why why podcasting? You talked about um, you know, the foundation and all the th- other things that you have going on. So what made you make podcasting a priority this year? Yeah, well, first and foremost, we launched a um blackscl.org which is like um you know uh, organization which we is underneath the dangers of my education fund but we did this because we wanted to create a hub for a social emotional learning hub for black people where there were free resources there was information and for me that was just really important to me because i realized all of the research i create are really targeted towards black and brown kids and then our let's talk more cl forums that we do in districts are targeted towards parents and teaching parents how to sustain social emotional learning in the home and so i was like what better way to be able to continue to impact black people is to create this hub of these free resources and webinars and blogs and just to be able to elevate the voices of african-american people in the field you know and so you know tatum that we did our black sel matters conference you know 2020 or our virtual campaign in 2020 and then we did our three-day conference in 2021 but in 2022 like god was like you gonna keep going higher like i'm not about to just have you just out here doing conferences you're gonna really be able to create a hub and so what made me want to like of course i already started the podcast you know in 2018 and i started because i did it with um with all my brand ambassadors at a brand ambassador retreat and i was like we gotta get our voice out there but i heard god tell me specifically that your voice will be louder than ever in this specific season of your life. And so um, I was like, I have to get back on the, the, the podcast and the airways because I, I saw, I kept seeing people downloading and downloading and downloading. And um, this season though, is just so special to me because um, it talks about so many things that highlights the African-American voices and like the African-American educators and highlighting just how are we like, pushing social emotional learning in different ways for Black people. And so that is so special to me because every episode is just super dear to me and super near to me. And it's also things that I learned for myself that I was shocked about. I was ashamed that I didn't know. And y'all going to hear a lot of transparency from me. And y'all know that's who I am to the T. Like, I ain't going to sugarcoat nothing. But that's like, you're going to get raw. You're going to get real. But this episode is so in-depth with knowledge, too. Because as I'm in my master's program and, you know, I'm, I'm up for urban education and God specifically told me to go back specifically for that. And as I'm, you know, going back for that, there are a lot of racial identity classes and racial equity classes and globalization classes and all these classes that are making me understand the depth of white supremacy and how this has like been this underlining systematic agenda and how like this has been affecting our black and brown kids for years. And so he didn't just throw me in social emotional learning to throw me in social emotional learning. Like it's way bigger than that. It's about policy and it's about, you know, um, the, the, the resources that our kids are getting. And it's about, you know, what our kids, what cultures are being created in these spaces. And um, I think that this, this season is going to be a lot of insight to that world and to understanding like the data that speaks to it. And then also to understanding like the, how can we have innovative solutions as African-American SEO providers? How can we create uh, solutions and not just like 
um, just be okay with the status quo, like just be okay with, with where we are, but how can we continue to raise up and elevate other people in this field? And that's what I I'm proud about is because when social emotional learning is only 40, it's only a 45 year old field, right? It's not that old. And so for us, they told us like our field has like, you know, sprung up by like 20 years just because of the pandemic. Like people wouldn't really know what we were doing. In 2016, y'all know, like from my stories, like nobody was trying to say a yes to me. Like people were like, okay, yes, yes, I got an opportunity. I went to the alternative schools, but it was hard and it wasn't easy to get in that route. But that's because people couldn't see outside the box. But then when the pandemic hit, and everybody was like, oh, the people that were saying parents was decision makers, guess who's coming to us now saying, hey, we need your Let's Talk More CL parent forums because they realized that parents always were the decision makers. It was always about a parent structure. And if, a, if you teach a child SEL and you go back, and I'm specifically talking about black and brown children SEL, and then you go back into homes that these homes are not structured correctly or they're, they're toxic environments, how are we sustaining these messages for our kids? And then guess what? You got all these kids that are going out of college, trying to get jobs, and they're looking, the top employers are looking for kids that have social emotional skills. How are we gonna, like, and then, well, our kids are gonna be what, at yet another disadvantage to get better jobs, mm -hmm. to get better homes, to bring better money to the economy? Like, it's all wrapped around together. And so this podcast is like gonna be a, a start of a new revolution for me um, because I, I'm, I'm more serious about getting the word out and giving another outlet for God to allow me to speak in ways that have never, uh, or conversations that have never been talked about. And then also just shedding light to, uh, the, the gratefulness that we have for our black educators and how, you know, during slavery times, our black, our, our black leaders or our ancestors believed that they had to teach you know free slaves how to read and write because it was an act and a form of liberation and of you know political power um and so this is what we we now know and i want people to understand that you're just not educated to be the educator you're actually following in your ancestors footsteps that paved the way for you that education was a form of liberation for our people and you know are we going to take this lightly are, are we going to have more you know thought leaders and change agents raised up out of this generation that we can lean on and depend on to do us right for our future leaders of tomorrow. So I'm excited about it. You know, I'm excited too. <laughs> what I love about this season coming up is that it's so practical and it's applicable across the board. Yeah. Because if Even if you're not an educator, right. this is still relevant, especially as, as black people or people mm -hmm. of color, these dangers of the mind or having this this social emotional awareness and all of these things this is important for our everyday life because I yeah. love even the season you pointed out in the community and yeah. tv and film and all of these things is so important and it's important for us as a community to you know grow in this area because that's how we're going to push things forward make it easier for our kids our kids yeah. kids and all of that I was talking to um someone recently and I was telling them I'm starting a new business. And so they are another black woman and yep. she's well-versed in the business that I'm starting. She's been doing it for like 12 years. Wow. And so I hit her up and was like, Hey, you mind sitting down with me for lunch? Like, so we could talk about some things. I want to make sure I'm going about things the correct way and I'm not making any preventable mistakes. And she sat down with me, gave me the whole game. 
And I just genuinely appreciated that so much because you didn't have to. Mm -hmm. And I was telling her when we were talking, I'm like, I watch a lot of like TV and stuff because I'm I love a good show and movie and stuff like that. So I'm watching a bunch of these shows about these white people who start these businesses on fluff. So it's one I'm watching. It's called The Dropout. Mm. And it's about this girl, Elizabeth Holmes, true story. You could Google her to learn her story. She started this biomedical company called Theranos to -hmm. where the idea was you you could be able to um, draw blood and uh, diagnose people and things like that with only like a drop of a blood, so a drop of blood. So you didn't need needles. Mm -hmm. Mm. She was on a cover of Fortune, Forbes, worth uh, over $3 billion, company worth billions. The technology didn't even work. She finessed and frauded because she was convicted and waiting wow. finessed some of the most the, some of the top people in mm-hmm. the medical industry in education. Wow. She was put on the board of Harvard's medical school, like what? for technology that never even worked. And then I was watching um Inventiana. Oh girl. But I business owners. Yes. But the it, I was watching. I seen the WeWork documentary on yes. um, Hulu. But he has now another sh- show on um, Apple TV, and this guy, like, really was about to take this company public, and it was just garbage. Just gar. And I'm like. If I had the audacity and the right. connections of a mediocre white person, where the heck would I be? You know? Right. But the advancement of our community, I say all that to say, just I believe that social emotional learning is so important for the advancement of our community because our history is so traumatic. And people handle trauma differently, which leaves layers of problems within our community. And the root of it is social, emotional learning, mental health, all of these different things are the core of healing and repairing so that we can move forward. And so that's why I I'm, I love what you do because you don't just do it at, you know, when you're talking to these educators, but you're starting with from day one, the parents and their kids, the, the schools, because them kids gonna have kids, those parents gonna have more kids, and then they're, they're gonna have an improved structure within their household that's gonna overturn some the way that they may have been doing things before. It's just so important what you're doing. And then the podcast specifically, like I said, it's not just important for educators, but just as people, specifically, oh, yeah. specifically black people, for right. us to listen and just really learn and take heed to the things that you're talking about, because it's just gonna help us all grow and help our community grow too. Yeah, and I always say, you know, we didn't choose SEL. SEL chose us. Like we black people, we were up against so much in our lifetime that we had to survive, we had to be resilient, and that's why we, you know, coined the term resilient because I'm like, you know, 
we all are resilient because we've overcome these obstacles through social emotional learning skills. And a lot of us just don't know what these skills are. So once we expose these skills and we know the self-management, like skills that actually lie underneath self-management, you know, the self-awareness skills and, become, and slow down and reflect and, and, and evaluate ourselves and learn about self-efficacy, like we can skyrocket and we can really go to amazing places. And it's all about using these skills with intention. And so that's what I believe my mission on this earth is, seriously, is to expose that so that we can move and shift a culture forward and really allow people to advance and you know the 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 things that they're called to do and so i'm excited about it because i know what i see i know what the vision that god has given me and i'm just excited for where it's going to go and the lives that are going to be impacted change and the generational curses that are going to be broken you know off of this because a lot of people are you know our black people we 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 i love y'all all but you know there are a lot of people who are still in the hood sitting here and they've been in the hood on the same stoop for the same you know amount of years and they're just not growing they're not moving they're not going forward they're using things as crutches and those are the people that I want to reach too because those are the people I'm really specifically calling out as well and what will help me do this work and help you know danger my education fund is those community leaders that actually are in those communities in the black areas that see this with their own eyes being able to bring social emotional forums to those communities, being able to have free webinars for people to join, you know, having our annual Black SEL conference for people to come and engage and learn these skills is so important to me. And it, it's just like, it's something that I do not take lightly, Tatum, but I also am so honored that God picked me to, to charge this and to do this work because I really look at it as a political movement too. I look at it as, you know, where, you know, we are, we are shaping the social and economical times of black people. And we're also creating new social constructs for black people too. Like, you know, like we've all had these social constructs that we were used to having. It was our norm, but, you know, we are looking to create new ones and build on this healthy relationship and identify our trauma and heal, you know, one community at a time. So I'm looking forward to everyone listening to this new season and really just taking the gems and then taking those gems and being able to go over to Black SEL and be a part of the conversation. Absolutely. So yeah. those of you guys who are here live and who are listening to the episode, make sure that you subscribe to the Dangers of the Mind podcast. The new season is launching within the next couple of weeks. It was produced by Anchor Media. Pew, pew, pew. <laughs> yes, I'm so excited, y'all. They did a phenomenal job. So I'm so excited for this to come out. It's going to be amazing. Yes. Well, tell everybody where they could find you, how, how they can learn more and possibly even donate to the education fund yes. and everything. Yes. Yeah, so um, where you can find me is follow me on Kristen D. Hopkins, K-R-I-S-T-E-N uh, D. Hopkins uh, on Instagram and on Twitter. And then um, the company is just Dangers of the Mind on every outlet. So Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, um, and then and YouTube also. And then um, the our website is dangersofmind.com. And uh, I have Kristen Hopkins Global. If you guys ever want to, you know, get some free resources or download uh, just a course on the five competencies of social emotional learning, you can go to kristenhopkinsglobal.com. And then the last one, of course, that I'm really happy about is our Danger of My Education Fund, which is blacksel.org. Now you can donate through um, blacksel.org or you can just go to Kristen, uh, I'm sorry, you can go to dangersofmind.com, black 
backslash Black SEL Matters. And the donate button is right there. And you can just click donate. Um, and it takes you to donate whatever you like. But we we would love it. It supports the work we do. Um, it supports us being able also to go into more alternative schools that do not have the budgets for us and provide these resources for these kids um, and also be able to give kids like more technology because a lot of our stuff is we have an integrated technology system. So a lot of the alternative schools don't have enough computers, you know, they don't have technology. And so we want to make sure that we're able to reach students, even if they don't have the funding to do so. And so that with the Danger Education Fund, it allows us to go in and tap those funds and be able to provide resources for the schools that can't provide or don't have the funding to provide it. Awesome. And we'll put all the links and everything in the show notes to make it easy. Thank yeah. you to everybody here on uh, YouTube who have been live. Y'all been leaving all the comments. Thank yes. you. Sorry, I've been reading them though. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kristen, for being on the show. It's always a pleasure. I love you. I appreciate you. Yes. I'm just so proud of everything that you're doing. Thank you. Blessing of all stuff is family. So of course I love being on here and hanging with y'all. It's just amazing. So Let's do it again, of course, anytime. It's going to be a part four. I see part four, part five, part six. All oh, yeah. the, in the future, we're going to have well enough in the category, in the, in the library for us to be able to, to, to go back and people be able to see the story, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> well, that wraps up another episode of the Blessed and Bossed Up podcast. I will talk to you guys next week.